The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's the Monday after a Cowboys victory. There we go. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> We're wearing that song out. You know, the senior pros, they kind of played like a college team on Sunday. I felt like I was watching a Big 12 game with all the scoring that was going on. Seven touchdowns in one game, 49 points, the most scored in an NFL game this season. Oh, was it really? Uh Uh-huh. Because I know at halftime, it was the combined most points no, the, 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 in any the, the game. The Cowboys' 49 points was the, the most, most scored by an NFL team in a single game this season. Well, what, yeah. a, what an offensive Surpassing juggernaut. Surpassing the Seattle Seahawks, who got 48 in a 48-45 win over Detroit, a Big 12 <laughs> game that was played last month. So how about that well, for an offensive explosion, which is what Mickey Spagnola was calling for on Friday. Yes, absolutely, and it was about time. And my point being that at some point, some team's going to score 30 points on you, and you're going to need to score to win. None of this cozy defensive stuff and one touchdown or two touchdowns and the field goal kicker's got to kick all these field goals. How about that? They won without a field goal. Uh-huh. Yep. First game they didn't kick a field goal, I believe, right? If I th- probably so. I, th- I think so. I would think probably so. That yep. was off I'm... the top of my head and I didn't include that in my column for right now this this afternoon, but yeah, and so there it was. They gave up 29 points and you had to score. Sometimes you got to score to win. You know, this whole thing about complimentary football, well, it's great when the defense is doing its job, but when it gets nailed for 29 points, uh, then, yeah, you got to score. You know what I prefer rather than complimentary football with the E, C O M P L E? I like complimentary football with an I, C O M P L I, where we have nothing but compliments for the performance yes. on Monday. And if you think about it, uh, from a defensive standpoint, they very well would have held them to 19 points if it wasn't for the BS roughing the quarterback (laughs) penalty that took the interception away. They went down and scored a touchdown. And then I don't know why the Cowboys thought they had to be aggressive at the end of the half when they got the ball back with less than a minute to go, throwing the ball downfield that gets intercepted, and they ended up Well, they, they a, got aggressive because the yes, Bears had I know. shown no ability to stop, stop them the pass, all day long. Right. Yeah. And then, and then that, was, that was a field goal. So that was 10, 10 points. They kind of were gifted to the Bears. Otherwise, it's 49 Well, that's how, that's how it got to 49 at the end. Yes. Because had that not happened, then the final would have been like 39 They wouldn't have to or push it, right? Yeah, that's right. But and they so. still would have got the, the fumble return for a touchdown by Superman. Mm, amazing. 
I mean, week after week, there's that's two in a row. Well, and and again on that one, it was Micah playing all the way through the whistle, which right. never came. Right. I mean, he is he's getting double teamed. He basically forces the quarterback out of the pocket. And so he is 15 yards upfield, and but he hustles and is in position when a good thing happens. Leighton Van Der Esch forces the fumble to recover the fumble. Right. And then has the presence of mind that, okay, Justin Fields just decided to show off his vertical <laughs> rather than touch me. It so. was a standing, standing uh-huh. broad jump. <laughs> Good thing he was so athletic, he leaps right over. Uh-huh. Maybe he Doesn't thought he was you. back in college and, you know, you're down, you're down right? Yep. And and he leaps over not to, you know, get a roughing penalty or whatever. <laughs> and Parsons stands up and goes, Well, I don't think anybody touched me. But it but it just like the week before, he didn't give up on the play. Right. And so when he and it comes on the heels of his conversation with Dan Quinn he talked about, you know, using his superpower. Well, there it is again. His superpower comes into play. When you think that the play is past him and he's he's got no involvement in the play. I mean, think about how far behind the line of scrimmage he started that right. and how far the ball had gone because the, the pass was at least 15, 20 yards, wasn't it? I've got it here somewhere. We can figure out, do the math on it. Well, it was a 36-yard return, and the uh, line of scrimmage was the Nine, uh, the Chicago now 19. 19. Yeah, so you're right. So that was, and so he was in the backfield, right? That's right. Wow, I didn't even consider that. He was in the backfield getting double team blocked, and then the pass is completed, and it was a third and 16 play. So they had to get to the 35-yard line, and sure enough, and so he was right. I remember him being right at the sticks where the fumble occurred. Right. And so the ball pops out at the 36-yard line, and that's where he – so he ran literally 20 yards upfield to, get to make to that play. To run yeah. 36 yards right. back. On a play that seemingly was was over as far as he was concerned. Did you hear what McCarthy had to say afterwards and Dak? They both rolled their eyes and they go, okay. And McCarthy goes, now he's going to be at my office every day of the week saying I need to run the football. (laughs) I guarantee you. I mean, if they had decided that they didn't want to bring up Quadri Allison, uh, Parsons could have been their emergency If he was totally healthy, right? Uh Because remember in high school that one year he ran for like 2,000 yards or some ridiculous number? Mm-hmm. And all these touchdowns as a running back, right? And playing defense at the same time. Yep. Uh, and even Dak, Dak's like, oh gosh, now I got to hear this all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a fun day, and there was so much, uh, so much that went on in that game. So much to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, and it, it sure makes it fun when the offense is with, at will. Just. Uh, uh, you know, maneuvering and I, down the field. And I, I uh, resurrected my quote from Jerry uh, for my column on Friday, uh, talking about all of what Dak adds to the team, that he's an additive when he comes back. And, and, and he said, and if we get that with the way the defense has been playing, 
we're going to be a mess out there, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, really good. It's kind of a southern lingo for, uh, you know, outstanding. And he, he was exactly right because that was a mess out there offensively scoring 49 points. You know, and I was thinking, well, when's the last time they scored that many points? It was like, well, they scored 51 against the Eagles to finish off last season. Uh, but they had they had the most points scored this year, 42 by the offense, seven for the defense. They had the most yards gained this year by a lot, right? They had six touchdowns. That's half as many as they had in seven games this year. So, yeah, the offense emerged. And third down was huge. <laughs> Nine of 11 conversions, uh, along with three of those scoring touchdowns, including Dak running for one. Uh, it was the first drive, right? He had the first That's touchdown. Right. Yep. So, yeah, C.D. Lamb gets involved. And then, let's not bury the lead, Tony Pollard uh, has a field day out there. Although, guess what? That's his second 14-carry, 131-yard performance in his career. And the other one? Was against the... Uh, I looked it up, but I forgot. Giants? I don't know. Oh, um, I think that's. I think that's who. It, and it was uh, maybe two years ago. Okay, because uh, because he only his his high in in carries single game high in carries was fourteen twice, and yeah. he ended up with fourteen. One of them in that was game. the other game that Zeke missed due yes. to injury against right. San Francisco. A forty-one to thirty-one uh, Cowboys win uh, late in the season, twenty twenty. Can't remember exactly. Yeah, I think you're and, right. And so, and I, I had it written down last week. I don't have it now. Um, he had fourteen carries in that game, but I don't remember the yardage. I'll have to look it up. And he had six receptions. So even going into this game on our pregame show, I said he'll get about fourteen carries <laughs> <laughs> with six receptions. Well, I mean, that's incredible. He got, he got less than the, the uh, as far as the receptions go, but that's the load you want to give him. Now, one of the reasons he only got 14 carries is he takes one to the house 54 yards. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so other running backs, it would take five, five – on a good day, would take five carries to go 54 yards. And on, and on that touchdown run, it, it, it was like you were watching some sort of track meet because there were guys running with him, right? Mm-hmm. And he just kept pulling away and pulling away and pulling away. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, – uh, of a 100-meter run. Um, and I remember covering the Olympics that one year, Florence Griffith-Joyner. Uh, yeah, Florence Griffith-Joyner, Flojo. Uh, the, uh, the, the track coach said, you know, normally when you run in 100 meters, when you get to about 80 or 90, you're slowing down. Mm-hmm. Nope. She, she was speeding yep. up, and yep. that's what he was doing, going 54 yards. He kept speeding up and left everybody behind. It, Rather, But again, 14 carries. Everybody's like, oh, he's got to have more. He's got to have more. 14 carries is it just about right for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for optimum production. It's the same, same principle at play with uh, a rotation on your defensive line. Those guys right. are going to be more effective by rotating them in than if they were playing every single play. And you, you ch- it's a change of pace, right? 
It's a change of pace when Zeke's out there. He doesn't need to be out there carrying the ball 20, 25 times and Zeke carries it five times. It's a it's a great rotation. And, um, you know, he can't wait to see it, you know, come back again when Zeke gets back. And I think he would have a chance to get back for the Green Bay game. All right. So along the, those lines, uh, we had a little birthday party at the house last night, and my daughters and son and sons-in-law, they're like, "See that Tony Pollard? See, they need to be playing Tony Pollard all the time." And I'm, I'm of the opinion, no, we got to love both of them. Right. I love what Zeke does. I love what Tony does. Both of them part of it. And and I said to uh, my daughter Jordan, I said, "So did you see Zeke on the sideline?" and now that's what a team player does i mean he was genuinely happy for what tony pollard was doing in that game no absolutely he was the first one to greet Mm -hmm. him after the the third it was it the third the 54 yarder touchdown run he was the first one to greet him and and again and, and and they spelled him a little davis uh in his rookie debut uh touching the football um, had eight carries, and, and, you know, he caught the one pass, almost was a touchdown. He shows he's got a little something, yep. too. Uh, so I think the key thing with Pollard is you don't want to overexpose him and allow teams to sort of plan and, and kind of prepare for what he is. Um, and I've always used this analogy. You know, you get a second baseman, that gets 250 at-bats during the season, and he bats 280. You give him 500 at-bats, and then he's batting 220. And so with him, this is just what you want to get out of him. You know, he's a home run hitter. And, and you know, when he hits that hole, it, it's rather amazing. Uh, so, yeah, what a, what a great combination they'll have. Uh, and, and Mike McCarthy said it, after, I believe it was after the game, he goes, you know, Zeke's our number one back, and Tony Pollard's a number one back, too. And, and that's the way they're going to continue to look at it. And, um, boy, and, and, and I think we saw all this nonsense before, well, you know what, Cooper Rush, we got to play like that. No, you got to play exactly the way they played in this game. And I know the Bears don't have a great defense, but did you see some of the passes Dak made over the middle? Uh, and a couple of them were in tight coverage, although a couple of them I thought they were playing against air. I don't know what the Bears were doing uh, with those passes over the middle to C.D. Lamb. Uh, but yeah, he, and then pulled the ball down and ran with it a couple times too. All right, we'll get into uh, much more of that. The only the other point on Pollard, I, I talked about Zeke's attitude in that yeah. relationship, Pollard's attitude as well in that relationship. Exactly, it, it goes hand in hand where uh, egos don't get in the way of what the the whole team concept is all about. All right, we're just getting started on this edition of Mix Shots. We got much more to cover when we come back in a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? 
Great job, honey! Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now, it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite in 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Cape Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys from corporate homes to your home. Have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. All right, we continue on mixed shots on a victory Monday inside the SWBC podcast studio. Now, there, as far as the Cowboys' availability today, Mike McCarthy, the regular 3 o'clock press conference on the day after a game now. Yes, and then the coordinators will be thereafter. We already had a conference call with Demarcus Lawrence, and we were awaiting Zach Martin. Uh, he was supposed to have an appearance. And then tomorrow we get the assistant coaches. Oh, okay. Not just the coordinators. All we right. Get, they have their own day, but we haven't talked to the assistant coaches probably since training camp. Training camp, I think. I think so. For uh, an arranged thing, anyway. Right. Yeah. And then. It's a bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, and All right, so uh, more importantly, as far as the fans are concerned, not yes. that they don't care about the coaches, yes. but what is the player's schedule this week? I think today, kind of a review, and they do their little Monday run and lift, and I, and I think they're done for the rest of the week. And they had to be done by Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday was the last from a, time. From a, for the a CBA, CBA. Uh, mandated. Yeah. They have to be done by Wednesday? I they mean, do they, they get four, off? I, I think the rule was four consecutive off dates, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. But I think McCarthy basically told them that they're getting after six. today they're getting more, so which will help them get healthy. Because one of the things I think that got overlooked yesterday was the number of people that were missing in the game, and it's not just Zeke, 
Uh, Noah Brown was out. Um, then Malik Hooker was out. They they ended up losing Anthony Barr with like two minutes to go in the the second quarter. He had twenty five snaps. Then, at one point, J. Ron Curse had to go off twice and come back. Donovan Wilson ended up cramping up and going off. I, I believe he ended up uh, coming back, and Jordan Lewis was missing. So Sam Williams and then Sam Williams too. So think about the guys that stepped up in those guys' places. Uh, Duran Bland goes in for um, Jordan Lewis, breaks up a pass in the end zone, right, uh, and really played. I thought pretty well. You, I, I only remember the guy he was covering catching a ball once. Um, so you had. At times, uh, Marquise Bell in there at safety. Maquamu had to play more uh, at safety. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. more at defensive end with Sam Williams out. Uh, we we talked about Tony Pollard, but Malik Davis got to play uh, to help out. Jalen Tolbert had to start as a top their third receiver when they went out there with uh, three wide. Um, then Connor McGovern goes out. Jason right. Peters comes in. Right, and that was that was short lived. But Peters was in too as a blocking tight end. Um, so yeah, um, you know they, it, and they they also because of um, uh, Forniak missing, they they activated off the practice squad Dakota Shepley. We had talked about him, kind of a guard center, had played in the Canadian Football League, and he was on special teams. Uh, so there was a lot of guys that hadn't played as much that had to step up and play in this game. And once again, we see what these tight ends are doing. And, and I think I, I added it up. Um, between the three tight ends, Schultz, Ferguson, and Pendershot, um, they ended up playing... 94 snaps. Together, combined. Total. Schultz had 41 snaps on offense. Uh, Ferguson oh, had 32 snaps, and Hendershot had 21. Yes. So so a total of 94 eight. snaps for the tight ends in the game. No. Oh, McEwen is McEwen another one. McEwen is the other more. one with 14, so, so it's 107. 108 yeah. or 107? So that's a lot of snaps, and they went in a lot of two tight end and even three tight end uh, at times. And how about on that Pollard touchdown run? Yes, Ferguson and and, uh, and even um, <laughs> McEwen downfield. But right, uh, yeah, he didn't have to do much. Just <laughs> don't, pull, pull don't Zach Martin, push the guy from the back. But it, but it was Ferguson, right? Who yeah. who made the key block there? Yeah, um, springing him. Yep. So I yeah. love Ferguson. I, I think I have he's ever be since really good. training camp, yes. and just hearing him talk in training camp. I mean, he you can tell. And Hendershot's from that same mold. Uh, these guys, they are even though they're rookies, they have a veteran sense about them. They played a lot of football in the Big Ten, uh, where they emphasize the tight end at Wisconsin and Hendershot at Indiana, and they're 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 subtly different, you know, in types of tight ends. And I, the Cowboys. 
when they went into the draft, they knew they had a need at tight end, and this was a very deep draft as far as tight ends are concerned. And I know that they were looking at a guy in the second round. They were hoping to get one in second or third round. They decided to go a different direction, and they hit on two of them. And this, you know, obviously Hendershot wasn't drafted. Uh, that is going to set them up nicely here the next few years. Did you hear what McCarthy called them last week? No. Frickin' frack. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard that and never, and I said, oh, that went over everybody's head. That's not. And, and along those lines, how about Schultz in, in his yes. his situation in his contract year franchise player and he sees it I mean he sees these other tight ends you know and and obviously a team needs more than one tight end to begin with uh, and the way that uh, as far as being a teammate and uh, obviously they they really like each the whole tight end group they really like each other and would you like to describe the the celebration, the touchdown celebration? I was going to ask you do, you: do you do you think they were <laughs> they were in some uh, rodeo roping competition <laughs> where you jump off the horse and, oh, love and, it. and rope the the calf's <laughs> legs together? Uh, that was pretty inventive. I, I don't know where that came from. Well, it came which out on the practice them? field, or I mean, you know, it's basically which one of them it, country that would know about that stuff. I haven't talked to him enough to know, but well, one guy's Fer- from Ferguson said town in Indiana, and Ferguson said we play for the Cowboys. Uh, so okay. the, the idea was, we they were, were the Cowboys. We got to come up with something. They were roping <laughs> something that shows that we're Cowboys. But go, going back to Schultz, so he playing through injury, missed a game or two, and he's got twenty catches for two hundred three yards, ten point two average. And that catch he made over the middle that was kind of high, he went up and got it. It was spectacular. Uh, And it just shows you the value of those tight ends. And he was using them uh, almost like a long handoff, right, early in the game to shorten the the third downs uh, to use the tight end. And, uh, yeah, it was very effective. So I didn't hear uh, any complaints about play calling, right? You win, and it's like, oh, yeah, now Kellen Moore is looking for a head coaching job again. It's amazing, and we'll talk about maybe that more uh, tomorrow as we go on during the week about all the perceptions that were out there that have just been destroyed with the Cowboys, what, winning six of their last seven games. Six and two record, and the other thing is with the bye week hitting right now, and you talk about the the injuries that they are working through right now. I think um, for any team, this season is so long. This is the perfect time for a bye week. I mean, you're basically right smack in the middle of the season right here. And especially as far as the Cowboys are concerned, every year they're going to play a Thursday game on Thanksgiving. You go into the month of November, and you you always have a bunch of games in a short amount of time. I think you could not – if you were going to handpick a week to – have the bye week, even before we knew how the first half of this season is going to play out, this would be the week that you would handpick. Yeah, this is yeah. where I want my bye week. Right Think, here. We mentioned all the injuries that they and going had to Green to play and, and even now Green Bay's three and five, but right. the Vikings are six and one the week after that. And then you got the Giants on Thanksgiving. I mean, this is a big stretch coming up here leading up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, and with all that's going to be happening with the McCarthy going back to Green Bay next week and so forth, this this is the perfect time to get healthy 
and to take a breath, and now you start your you know and that, last half and of the that, season. And right. that was his take after the game. It's he he said, you know, I want them to get away. Although knowing this team, these guys will be back in here this week doing something. But they deserve a break the way they've been working. Uh, I mean, think about it. You, you go back to when the, when did the plane leave for uh, Oxnard? July 25th or Four, something or around fifth? that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so you're looking at August, September. You're, you're more than three months into it. And if you're going to where you want to go in February, okay, November, December, January, it's another three months. You're basically at the halfway point of what you hope your journey is. And you've played eight games, and some of these guys had to play all three preseason games. So that's 11 games, right? Uh, And the two scrimmages might as well have been games. Uh, So, yeah, this break can't come, uh, I think, at a better time. They're sitting there 6-2. and So we were waiting for... The conference call to start today, and somebody just kind of said out loud, "Well, when's the last time the Cowboys have been six and two in consecutive seasons?" And I think our um, Bront, uh, after a sl- slight pause, because he looked it up, our media relations yes, man, Bront, Bront, um, <laughs> 1994 and 1995. Those are good years. Was the last time, and we know. How those turned out, right? Two NFC title game appearances and one Super Bowl. Okay. So mark it down. So how'd they do in 92 and 93? Uh, They won a lot straight. (laughs) I'll look it up in the break, and we'll be back with more mixed shots in just a moment. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? Great job, honey! Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back, back, back. to Mick Shots. 
Miller Lite is proud to bring you QBBQ Fest Dallas. Come out to Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium this weekend, November 4th through 6th for some of the best barbecue in the country. Get your tickets today at ZeetGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Okay, I went back in uh, the Super Bowl run in the 90s. The Cowboys, uh, as we mentioned right before the break, uh, the last time the Cowboys had a 6-2 and two record through eight games was 1994-95. 1993, they were also 6-2. and two. They started that year 7-2 and two, uh, before uh, their third loss. And then in 92, they actually uh, started the year, uh, they were 7-1 and one through eight games. So that, so that was a four-year stretch from 92 through 95, the Super Bowl years, where the Cowboys started the season with at least a 6-2 and two record in the first half of the year. So they were in '91. They were five and three at the halfway point. And unfortunately, in 1986, they were six and two. And then the roof in '96 they were two. In '86. Oh, '86. Okay. And they were six and two, and the roof caved in because Danny White broke his wrist and tore a ligament uh, in the ninth game against the Giants. And they only won one more game, and the Giants never lost another game. So they wound up seven and nine that year. So yeah. in '86 they were six and two, in '85 they were six and two, in '84 they were five and three. There you go. And '82 was the strike season. They only played nine games. So, so um, this I thought was a really good story in this game that may have gotten overlooked. Uh, but their rookie fifth-round draft choice, Damone Clark, got to play for the first time in his NFL career. And if everybody remembers the story, uh, during the combine, uh, it was discovered that he had a disc problem in his neck and needed surgery to fuse uh, two of his vertebrae together where the the bad, the bad, the slip disc, whatever you want to call it, was. And he started the season on non-football injury. He didn't go through training camp. He could not practice with the team until a couple weeks ago when they activated him. And when Anthony, he was supposed to just play in on special teams this week. They put him on... Uh, the 53-man roster this past week for the first time. And with two minutes to go in the game, Anthony Barr gets hurt, limps off with a strained hamstring, and Damone Clark tells me he's standing, he said, I'm standing next to Coach Lett, Coach Leon, meaning Leon mm-hmm. Lett. And he said, all of a sudden I hear Coach George, George Edwards, the linebacker's coach, screaming, Damone, 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 you're in. Let's go. (laughs) And he said, it just dawned on me. He said, I didn't have time to think. I just ran out there. And I saw it happen. Leighton Vanderesh saw him coming into the huddle. And Vanderesh gives them a big hug. And Clark said, uh, uh, Leighton says, all right, brother, let's go. I got your back. And this kid played. 
and he ended up playing 40 snaps in the game because he didn't think he was going to play one on defense. He was just going to play special teams, and he ends up with six tackles. I will say right now you are looking at the future starting middle linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys. This guy, I, I thought he he snuffed up, snuffed out a couple runs that I, I it had. It, it, I, I mean, it, it was amazing to me that he hadn't played in a game since LSU's final game of last season, and he comes out and ends up with six tackles, one solo. I think it was five assisted, and the team leaders in tackles yesterday. There was four of them. They had eight. He was next with six, and he played 40 snaps. I, I thought it was an amazing story. Um, someone asked him afterwards, did he think about his neck? And he goes, you know, I didn't. He goes, I didn't think about it. Uh, I knew I was healthy, and I knew it was ready to play football. Uh, and he, he just sounds like a great kid. He's got a great nature. I think he, he – Go Tigers. I don't know if – yeah, there we go. At LSU – um, I don't know if he was the captain, but he was the one. He wore one, number 18. He wore 18, yeah. right? And that says a lot about the character right. of Right, what they player. thought he was. Yeah. He's from Baton Rouge, stayed there, went to LSU. Uh, and he's, I just he's from thought, New Orleans and moved to Baton Rouge because of Hurricane Katrina. The family moved to Hurricane another Katrina. One, went to right? Southern Lab High School, same high school that produced the great Marcus Spears. Right. And um, Another C.D. Lamb story because C.D. was yeah, from that's right. and he moved. Yep. They moved to Houston, so I just thought it was a, a really neat story for him to not only overcome the surgery, uh, but to get a chance to play in the game when he wasn't expected and he was ready to go. And I think that says something about a guy like that. And I'm as you're talking, I was looking back at some draft reports. Now, by the time because because it was detected at the combine, the draft grades on him from the so-called experts uh, had him as a fourth through sixth round uh, prospect because he had he wasn't going to be able to play his rookie year, right? Because of the that injury. was the projection, yeah. And so I'm wondering, how was he graded before um, they learned that he wouldn't be able to play his first year? And I'm thinking he would have he's, he's, he would have been third round. Now, now middle linebackers typically don't go as early, right? Uh, unless they're just freaks of nature. And and, and he, uh, so I would think he for sure is a top 100 prospect. Yes, and uh, even uh, if fully healthy. And so that shows you for him to get back midseason, before midseason of his rookie year from that and just the, um, you know, because the football gods put him in the game, um, you know, first time he's active and he gets 40 snaps uh, and shows what he can do. I mean, it, it, the Cowboys made a very prudent move there with four fifth-round picks to use one of them on a guy like him. And They might have used, if they had one fifth-round pick, he might have been the guy that they picked. And another fifth-round pick they used was on Deron Bland, mm -hmm. the cornerback who's got to start his second game uh, in the nickel, which is not an easy position to play as a rookie, by the way. Uh, and you get something out of him. So... Um, and another fifth round pick they used on John Ridgeway, who they because of what roster 
maneuverings they lost to the Washington Commanders. Well, they thought so highly of him that they went out and traded for Jonathan Hankins last week to replace him, basically. And Hankins on this played. Roster. I forgot to mention yeah. him. He played his first snaps uh, with the Cowboys. And um, let's see, he ended up with uh, 33 snaps, 42% of the, of the snaps in the game. And you know he he was a he was a presence in the middle. He ended up with three tackles. That's so what you're looking for. That's what you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Against the run. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of contributions from guys that you probably don't know much about. And I don't know on the TV broadcast if they made a big deal out of Damone Clark or whatever. But it took a while for them to notice that, that he was, he in, was the in the game, game wearing 33. <laughs> Uh, 33, huh? uh, Now, Daryl probably noticed right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. But sometimes the analyst doesn't have time to point that out yet. But, but yeah, it was was a neat day for that kid. Speaking of that, uh, before we let uh, yesterday get away, as we go into tomorrow, uh, Emmett in the broadcast booth with Daryl was great. Yes, Uh, They reenacted the hug. Uh, <laughs> from 20 years ago. Uh, along those lines, did you see the end of the Carolina-Atlanta game? I did not. D.J. Moore for the Panthers. Oh, the wide receiver. The wide receiver. Somewhat talked about. They're down. Carolina is down. This relates to Ibbett Smith. Carolina is down six points, final seconds of the game. P.J. Walker uh, lops a Hail Mary towards the end zone. What a great throw it was. Great catch in the end zone. Complete. Touchdown. That's how they... Game tied. 34-34. DJ Moore celebrates in honor of Emmett Smith. You remember the Super Bowl twenty eight MVP in Atlanta? Yes. He takes off his helmet. No. The Emmett Smith rule, of course, was born because of that Super Bowl win, basically, when Emmett did that. And in Atlanta, DJ Moore takes off his helmet in the end zone. So now Carolina's got to kick a 48 yard field goal to win the game. They miss it. They go to overtime. Now, Eddie Pinheiro. He missed the extra point. Yeah, not in field goal, but the the point after. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 48 yard point after and missed it. They go to overtime. Now, in overtime, Carolina got down and had a 32-yard field goal attempt that they also missed. Oh. So I guess D.J. Moore can say, well, we would have missed the extra point anyway. <laughs> and then Atlanta winds up winning on a field goal 37-34. But I thought it was it was right after the Cowboy game ended, and that happens. And the first thing that I thought of, Atlanta, Emmett, Emmett's, Emmett rule, and this guy pulls that, and they lose the game. And That's speaking typical of, Carolina. And speaking of Emmett. This is how tone. What's the opposite of tone deaf? Tone uh, no, conscious or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dak Prescott's got a Emmett yeah. Smith uh, sweatshirt on. Emmett uh, Smith in, in his celebration on there in honor of uh-huh. the twenty-year anniversary of of him breaking. Now, now Daryl said on the broadcast that uh, it was just happenstance that the Cowboys and Bears happened to be playing this weekend. That it wasn't something yeah. that the that the league. Although you may, it, it, 
I, I, if I was in the league office, I'd be taking you credit. Put yeah, that I scheduled in, put that I scheduled in the computer. This, uh-huh, right? That we, we want Dallas and Chicago to play in Dallas that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, it was pretty amazing that uh, well, number one, not, not that Emmett was there, but that Dak had the wherewithal to get, get one of those sweatshirts and wear it. And I don't know if they sell them or if he had one made. He could have said, "Hey guys, whoever he's with, get me a mm-hmm. sweatshirt." To commemorate Emmett Smith, so it's pretty cool. As a guy who grew up, uh, you grew, you rooted for who? The Packers. You, but you lived in Chicago. I did. What do you think of the uniforms? I just can't stand it. <laughs> I called them. It was like they were wearing cream sickles. Remember the cream sickles uh-huh. back <laughs> in the day? That's, and, and and so this is funny. My. I told you last week my college roommate was a huge Bears fan. Yeah. And um, I texted him and I said, ugh, they're in. This was before the game started, right? I texted him and said, ugh, they're in those orange jerseys with orange helmets. And uh, <laughs> he goes, oh, no. And then he, he, he texts me back in the middle of the first quarter and he goes, why isn't this game on? I, they're, they're they're showing some replay of a Clemson game, <laughs> and, he, and he got me right. I said, "No, the game should be on." And then he goes, "Gotcha." <laughs> Reference to the orange jerseys. Yeah. All right, uh, so we'll do it again Tuesday and Wednesday. We will, and uh, then we're going to take uh, some time off the rest of the week through the bye week. And so that does it for mix shots on a Monday, and we will shot at you again tomorrow at noon. Go Cowboys! Oh, there you go. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?